What's up, guys? Rick here with your DFS preview for this week's Shriners Children's Open, an event being played in my backyard here in Las Vegas, TPC Summerlin. So we'll go over uh, the golf course, which I've played a, a ton, give you the, an idea of, of, of how it's likely to play for the professionals, see what the stats have to say. We'll talk through everybody in this field for the most part. Uh, also worth noting, I'll be out there basically every single day. So if you're going to be there, uh, happy to meet up, happy to say hello, happy to hang out, watch some some golf together. I plan on spending a lot of time there this week. So looking forward to getting out and uh, meeting some of you, which I know is going to happen. I've already gotten messages and DMs and all that fun stuff. So very much looking forward to getting out there. Uh, let's not waste any more time. Let's jump into this golf course. Okay. TPC Summerlin. Uh, worth noting, this golf course has been shut down for like five or six months. They completely returfed every fairway, every green. It is now that uh, dominant bent grass is what they call it. It's the same grass at uh, Summit Club. So basically what they did is they saw how well the grass held up, how durable it was at Summit Club, and they decided to shut it down, I believe in April, and really just make make the change. And what ended up uh, or what's going to end up happening is is this this event is is really going to be the first competition on it. It's not going to open a, up again until uh, after this event for members. So I haven't played it since April. No, nobody's played it since April. Uh, the pros are going to get their their first crack on. I actually think I was one of the last groups to play it before they shut it down. I remember there was nobody out there. It was like the last day. They were already starting some stuff. Uh, I believe I was one of the last groups to play it. So. Here's what you have to know. Uh, this golf course is its very generous off the tee. The only thing you can't do is miss big. That is where you will end up in the desert. That's where you're starting to get into a lot of trouble. As long as you don't miss big, you can miss. The rough is, is generally not long, and in places that it might get a little bit longer, it is not very penal. So bombs away. You'll see... Um, and there's a little bit, there was a little bit of discrepancy in the Slack channel this morning about this. Like, are, are these fairways hard to hit? Are the, is the rough penal? Cause you look at the driving accuracy rate and, uh, you'll be like, yeah, like guys hit less fairways here than other PGA tour stops. It's because they're just pulling driver. It just doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter if you play out of the fairway or not. I have driving accuracy very low on the correlated uh, key stats model here, right? So I have it ranked 34th out of 43 courses on the PGA Tour. So that's looking at every player in the field, how good they were at specific statistics each season, and um, basically how they finished at each one of these golf courses. So driving accuracy, very, very low. The other thing worth noting, driving distance was very, very low. You don't always see those two things go hand in hand. And the reason for that, uh, it's the scorecard says it's, you know, 7,200 yards, 7,255. We're at altitude here, right? 2,000 feet of altitude. It's going to play shorter than that. There were no structural changes to the golf course. They didn't add new tee boxes. They didn't move anything back. They, they didn't do anything. They just resod it. They returfed everything. No structural changes. So it's going to play very similar to what we've seen in recent years. Um, and I believe, uh, I strongly believe that this is a second shot golf course. You know, that is not necessarily shown in this key stats model. Now it's still, so, so a couple of things here, um, approach the green is always a very important stat. Uh, so for example, the value 
that uh, correlates strokes gained approach to success this week is 0.2, which is actually higher than strokes gained putting, which is 0.18. But relative to other golf courses on the PGA Tour, strokes gained putting is, quote, more valuable because that's a higher number compared to other courses. While strokes gained approach is still more valuable, it is not as valuable as other golf courses. But um, I believe it's a second shot golf course. I believe it is a uh, a putting a little bit of a putting contest, or at least historically, that is that is what it's turned into. The defenses of this golf course are few and far between. Um, there are a couple of tricky short game areas. Trust me, there are so for me, they're very very difficult short game areas. Um, for the professionals, they're tricky, and you can get into some awkward spots. I believe the stats would also bear that out. That there are some ways that you can lose strokes around the greens here compared to some of the other spots on the PGA Tour schedule, and then the big the big thing that will determine. The uh, the the winning score or the scoring averages is is the wind. Uh, it can get brutally windy here in Las Vegas, and some years will contribute to uh, the scoring average. But it's been pretty pristine here for a while. Uh, the last couple of years, I think four in a row, we've gone twenty under par or deeper. Like you're just if there's no wind, this thing is going to lay down, and it's going to be you know twenty two, twenty three under par. So we'll see. Um, if that went, we'll keep an eye on the forecast. We'll see what's going on. The other thing is, um, boy, what was I going to say? Oh, there was one year where this event set the cut scoring record. I think it was like seven under par that you had to make the cut. It was like the lowest cut in PGA tour history at the time. I don't know if that has been broken since I think that was two years ago, but just, just trying to give you an idea that this is a golf course, um, that when conditions are prime, which so far, early in the week, you're, you're probably watching this on a Monday, or I'm recording this on a Monday. They look pretty good this week. Looks like it's going to be warm. Looks like it's gonna the wind's going to lay down. The scoring should be pretty darn good. So we'll keep an eye on that um, as the week goes on. The only other things worth noting, the par fives, super gettable for the pros. The par threes, uh, a little bit more difficult. Uh, they can play longer. They can stretch them out a little bit. Par will be a good score around the threes. You're going to have to take advantage of the fives, and then it's going to be probably driver wedge on all of the fours. I think that's it. Um, I probably have some golf balls sitting out there in the desert. So if you're walking around and you see, uh, you pick up a, a vice golf ball with either Oliver's face on it or Sung J M on it, that's probably mine. So keep an eye out for those uh, if you're out there this week. Otherwise, uh, let's jump into the field. Okay, the cheat sheet. My website, rickrungood.com, giant golf database for fantasy and betting. You should subscribe to it. Also, if you could subscribe to the channel, that'd be great, right? I don't ask for that often. Trying to really put a lot more back into the site, a lot more back into everything. Your support goes a long way. Much appreciated. Um, three golfers over $10,000. Patrick Cantlay leads the way 11-1. Max Homa 10-6. Sung JM 10-4. Uh, probably not too much you could go wrong with here. Uh, Sung Jay and Patrick Cantlay have just unbelievable course history. Max Homa's been dreadful, which is kind of surprising. So when I just kind of do a first glance at this, you know, I imagine Homa's the odd man out here. We'll see what the projected ownership comes in over the course of the next couple of days. We'll know for sure Wednesday, 3 p.m. Eastern time, the live chat, Rick Run Good YouTube channel. We'll have a much, much better idea of what this ownership is going to look like. But I mean, just to go through this quickly, 
you know, Patrick Cantlay um, and what he has done at at Shriners is, is pretty remarkable stuff, right? And that is to go along with uh, the form that he brings in, which is a win at the President's Cup, a win two starts before that, the BMW Championship, ball striking that's been phenomenal. He's been piling up uh, top 10 finishes all over the globe. When he plays, he plays really, really well. And then he's going back to TPC Las Vegas, where he did not play last year, but he played in 2020, finished T8. 2019 and 2018 were both runner-up finishes, and then he won it in 2017. So you're talking about some of the elite course history that we get on the PGA Tour schedule. It comes from um, Patrick Cantlay at TPC Summerlin. Sung J M, uh, obviously our defending champion here, right? So he won by four strokes, I believe, was the victory last year. That was a culmination of a stretch of golf where he's always played well at TPC Summerlin. 15th in 2018. His next start was 2020, T13. Then he goes on and wins. So a natural culmination. That's what you're looking to build towards. The Max Homa stuff is a little bit shocking, you know, because if you think this golf course is uh, a good setup for a guy who's a great ball striker, a good setup for a guy who's who's a very good putter, you'd think this would be a really good spot for him. That's four straight missed cuts and a T30. Now, that T30 and his first missed cut were 2013 and 2014. So if you want to look at, like, the professional recent version of Max Homa, it's a missed cut in uh, 2018, a missed cut in 2019, a missed cut in 2020. He didn't play it last year. Wow. So what do we do with this? Well, is Max Homa the same guy that he was in October of 2020? Let's get an idea of October of 2020. By the way, he was $6,700 that week. So at least the guys over at DraftKings did not think that Max Homa was uh, that guy in October of 2020. Let me see if I can find it here. Yeah, it's right here. So what was he doing before that, um, well, he had missed the cut at the U.S. Open. He had missed basically three of his last four cuts. He had a T3 at the 3M Open. That was by far his best finish probably of that year. Uh, yeah, played well at Riviera, but that was that was months in advance. I mean, it, Max Homo was not the same guy. You know, if we go back and look at, I believe I have this under his splits, 2020, he was gaining a third of a stroke per round. Uh, in 2022, he gained a stroke per round, so he got three times better. And then this year, obviously, very small sample size. He's like two and a half times, uh, two and a half xing that. So I guess the argument to be made here, uh, which would make Max Homa fairly appealing, is you have a guy who's playing well right now, really, really well, with horrid history. And if people opt to go to one of the top three on the board, they're probably going to Cantlay, they're probably going to Sung JM. If we can get any any bit of discount on a Max Homer Max Homa ownership at the top of the board, I think we're gonna have to take it in a lot of the game theory situations. That I believe is the argument for Max Home at the top of the board. The 9K range is super fascinating. So Aaron Wise at $9,900. If you have watched anything uh, on this channel in the last year and a half, I've been very, very bullish on Aaron Wise. Now, the the problem is that you are now paying for that, right? So his salary this week, $9,900. That is the most expensive he's been maybe ever. The second most expensive he's ever been. He was $10,200 at the Bermuda Championship in 2019. That was three years ago. And he was $9,900, the same price, in Mayakoba in November of 2018, almost four years ago. So you are buying at the top of Aaron Wise. And his odds are the same, right? He's 18-1 to 1 
over at at um at DraftKings on on the sports book side of things. He has never been shorter than 25 to 1 in his career. The shortest he's ever been was I believe that Bermuda event a couple of years ago. He was 26 to 1. Let me just confirm that. Oh, it was Barracuda in 2021. He was 26 to 1. So we are talking like you are buying the top of Aaron Wise. Um He's a Vegas guy. I actually don't think he lives here anymore, but he has ties to Vegas. I think he might have moved recently, but finished, um, well, not the Sanderson Farms, the Shriners. I'll do that 15 more times this this week. Um, let's see. T8 last year, two missed cuts before that, but he's got three top 15s in his six career starts at this event. He is still in my opinion, an upward trajectory guy where it's T to green play and he's figured out the putter, which he absolutely has. He gained six and a half strokes putting at Eastlake at the tour championship. I will probably not be investing in Aaron wise this week personally. And the reasons for that are a couple. I'm not going to buy at the top on a guy that I absolutely love, right? I think Aaron wise can win a lot of events. I think Aaron wise can win a lot of fall events. I am not going to pay the top of that, especially when we haven't seen him play competitively in five weeks. Okay. That's, that's me. Now I'll absolutely fire him up in my I'll absolutely fire him up at like the RSM club, like whatever else he's going to play this fall. And basically a lot of the events he's going to play next year as well. I don't think I need to get involved here. And that might be a blind spot for a guy that I really love. Like why not play him at a place he's had really good success at, but I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to take that that risk because uh, the rest of the 9k range is also really interesting Tom Kim who you know I don't think we need to go through he's just been stellar and if you start looking at the skill sets that uh, you would want around a place like TPC Summerlin we think it's a second shot golf course we also think that it is uh, potentially going to end up being a putting contest uh, Tom Kim can get absolutely scorching in both of those areas right he gained 12 and a half strokes putting with his win at the Wyndham Championship he has been a constant gainer on approach plus four plus five plus 3.8 plus 6.3 plus 3.4 that's his last five it's unbelievable stuff on the second shot from Tom Kim. So so really excited about the opportunity that he's going to get out there. And then, of course, the rest of this 9K range, like, I, I want all of these guys. I actually think there could be an argument to be made to just start in the 9K range. Or at least have, you know, if you're going to make 20 lineups or 10 lineups, have a lot of exposure to the 9K range. Because the $9,500 golfer, Taylor Montgomery, has proven that, like, what else do you want this guy to do? Okay, a T9 last week is now six consecutive top 10s. It is nine top 10s in his last 11 starts across the PGA Tour and the Corn Ferry Tour. Uh, He does it in a lot of different ways. He's a very good driver. He can get hot with the putter. He's a great putter. He's a Vegas guy, right? Like, what more do you want? This is either setting up to be a perfect storm of Montgomery breaking through for his first win or an absolute chalk bomb because he's going to be very, very popular. But there's there's just nothing in the metrics that I see that make me weary about, uh, about Taylor Montgomery. And then I'll step on the rake again, Emiliano Grillo. So if you guys were not paying attention, um, Emiliano Grillo probably could have, would have, should have won last week in Jackson. And you can say that about a lot of guys, but he finishes T5 and makes triple bogey eight on the par 5 14th hole. That was like the easiest hole on the golf course. I think it was actually the second easiest hole on the golf course. On Sunday afternoon, the guy makes a triple on a par 5 and still finishes T5. He's gained strokes putting in seven consecutive 
events. In that stretch, he has a T5, two runner-up finishes, a T19. If you look at the best putters in this field, um, basically over this this stretch for Emiliano Grillo, which I think is 26 rounds, 26 rounds for him in seven starts. He is, and we just do, and I just want, I only want measured events because I'm using strokes gain putting. So let's just do PGA Tour measured events. He is the one, two, three, four, fifth best putter in this field. Emiliano, I'm going to say it because it sounds wrong, right? Emiliano Grillo in his last 26 rounds or in everybody's last 26 measured rounds is the fifth best putter in this field. And it is not like he has lost the ball striking. Gained eight in Jackson. Nine and a half at the 3M Open. Seven and a half at the John Deere. He only lost twice in that stretch. And each of them were basically a stroke or worse. uh, Or a stroke or better. A stroke or less. A stroke or fewer. Wow. That was weird. A stroke or fewer uh, in the two that he actually lost in the ball striking category. So I've said it once. I'll say it again. Like This stat profile is a guy on the verge of victory. Uh, now, I will continue to to have a lot of exposure to Grillo until this stat profile changes. Let's look at his history around Shriners. T47 last year, T34 the year before that, two missed cuts before that. Again, fine. Kind of a different player now. Kind of a different player now. The other two, and I don't want to point out everybody in the in the 9K range because you know you guys know I love Cam Davis, but um, Alex Norin coming off of a second place finish, a runner up finish at the Alfred Dunhill Links Championship, is now his second runner up finish in his last five starts. Um, the good news for Norin, let me pull up his stat profile. You know he's not particularly long uh, off the tee, but that doesn't hurt you here in in Las Vegas, right? At 7200 yards on the scorecard and 2,000 feet of altitude, I could get around this place pretty easily. Not really, but kind of. Um, I do worry about the approach play. Unfortunately, because that Alfred Dunhill Lynx Championship was a three-course rotation, like we don't have the strokes gained, like really have the strokes gained metrics for that. So I, I don't know how he played uh, outside of the eye test in, in Europe, but like he finds a way to put the ball in the cup. I'm a little bit cautious on that. Um, Tom Hoagie's stat profile. So Tom Hoagie is... $9,000 flat. This is actually a much better stat profile. This is a guy that gained on approach at the Fortinet in Napa, finished T12 and putted well. So now he's back to kind of ball striking again. Remember when he was in this little bit of a of a summer slump or whatever you want to call it, breaks out of it with a T4 at the 3M Open, has hit his approaches good enough as of late. And when we saw him in Napa, he was phenomenal. And we've seen the putter get hot. Th- this, this is a, a pretty decent stat profile. And then you lump in uh, what he's done at this at this golf course. So he was T14 last year, T24 the year before that, missed the cut in 2018, T7 in 2017. So that's four years, three top 25s, two of them were top 15s, one of them was a top seven. Okay, that's pretty darn good. So I probably ranked the 9K, um, I, I think objectively, Tom, uh, Tom Kim's probably the best player, just like just for the future, but like you could go Montgomery and, and Tom Kim one, a one B, right? I mean, they're just, they're, they're tied, uh, Grillo like one C right. And then, and then I think you get Hoagie. I think you get Cam Davis. I think you get Alex Noren, but th- this is a very exciting range. Even if I've already told you I'm, I'm out on Aaron wise, I still appreciate the way that he's trending. I still appreciate the way that he plays. So this is a very 
going to be a very uh, heavily exposed range for me, and I think it should be for you as well. I want to take a second to talk about Athletic Greens, which has become a staple in my daily routine. And for those of you who have been following for a while, you know that I take gut health very seriously. So I started taking AG1 as an attempt to get everything down there under control. And I've been taking it for a few weeks, and I feel much better throughout the day. I'm having way less acid reflux, and I've been able to stay focused for longer when I'm sitting in front of a computer. It's one scoop of a green drink that I take first thing in the morning, and I know what you're thinking. A green drink? Like, trust me, I've I've tried all of them, and most have a chalky or a chunky taste to them, which is not great. Most smell horrible. I'll I'll admit all of that. Uh, Athletic Greens for me bucks that trend. It's smooth. There's there's no chunks. The smell is is just fine, and it's easy enough for me to get get it down when I take it at five thirty in the morning. It's legit seventy five high quality vitamins, probiotics, and adaptogens. So it's no surprise that I'm actually feeling better. And when I rattle off the benefits, it sounds like it's going to be really expensive. Uh, It's quite reasonable. It comes out to about $3 a day. And I tell my wife all the time, there is no price that I wouldn't pay to feel good, especially gut stuff, because it controls so much other things that go on in your body. So imagine paying $3 a day to feel good. That's some of the best ROI I could ever imagine. Um, so if you want to get involved, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of an immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Uh, visit athleticgreens.com slash 300 yards. Again, that's athleticgreens.com 300 yards to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Uh, the AK range is a little less exciting. You know, I think I almost would prefer to, um, you know, almost kind of skip it. Right. I think you saw how deep the $9,000 range is. Then when you look at the eights, you're like, boy, like, what am I, what am I doing here? Right. So you've got, um, you know, Mav McNeely, like local guy, but hasn't played well. JT Poston, you know, coming off of a missed cut, you thought he was going to be pretty good at the Sanderson Farms. If you just chalk that up to coming back from his bachelor party and getting back into the swing of things, this should be a much better spot for him. Uh, or not a much better spot, but like a similar spot. Last week, the stats were approach and putting. This week, approach and putting. So I think there's a kind of a buy a buy back spot on JT Poston. He had a fourth year in 2018, a 27th in 2021. But overall, I don't think this is particularly great. Um, you could make a case. I mean, Brian Harmon's had a good run around this place. You could buy into the talent of, of Davis Riley, right? Like, let's just, let's pull up Davis Riley real quick. I mean, he was kind of one of the bigger question marks for last week. Like what version are we going to get? Remember the conversation that we had about resetting everybody back to baseline. And we, we got a good putting week from Davis Riley again. And he, and he hit his second shot well again. So I'm, I'm, I'm okay going back to Davis Riley here. I worry if he gets a, a lot wayward off the tee, he's playing out of the desert a little bit, but out, but compared to his other 8k peers, I, I think he's the class of it. So I think it's Riley. I think it's by low on posting. Um, you know, we can see what the what the what the stats say in terms of the actual like the power rankings here. So everyone in this field over the last thirty six rounds, uh, the first appearance of an eight thousand dollar golfer is Taylor Pendrith. He's he's eighty seven hundred dollars. He's sixteenth in this field. Uh, Dean Burmeister is eighteenth in this field. He's the second guy that appears in the eight K range. Then Denny's twenty third. 
Poston's 24th and Keith Mitchell is is 26th. I mean, it's it's not particularly compelling to to sprint to the window or to sprint to my computer and high five my monitor to get some of these guys in the 8K range in. I think obviously what we know about golf is some of them are going to play well. Um, identifying who they are, especially compared to their peers, good question. But of of the ownership that I think is going to be concentrated in the 9K range, uh, what happens here in the 8K range, right? So if, if it's Wednesday and we look at this and we say, okay, well, Denny McCarthy's 5% projected ownership. He's got four decent starts in a row. He's had a little bit of success in Vegas. Maybe he's an option. So I think this range will be a bit dictated by a lot of the lineup builds that people are making and how we're going to be able to fit other golfers in. But I'm I'm not particularly stoked about getting access to to really any of these guys. Uh, before we move to the sevens, the one thing I would consider about that eight thousand dollar range is buying back in in the jock market in some of these guys that struggled. Uh, so I mentioned JT Poston. He was $6.85 last week and missed the cut. So you lost $5.85 a share on a golfer who was the fourth most expensive golfer in the jock market. It's stock market DFS uh, last week. Generally, when we see that, um, he's going to be much less expensive this week, right? I don't know if it's $5. I don't know if it's $4 a share. We'll see Wednesday night what what his IPO closes at. But He's someone that I would target because you don't need him to win to pay himself off, right? And outside of the missed cut, I bet you we see a pretty good stretch for JT Poston in the jock market. Let's see. Yeah, I mean, his last 10 starts, average ROI 60%. Let's go to his last 20 starts. 39.6%. I mean, you're not getting any stocks like that right? Average IPO 430, average payout 583. So this would be a format I would target posting in. Uh, use the link in the description. Use the promo code Rick. It'll get you a $100 deposit bonus. And Joe Idoni and myself will do a power hour on Wednesday night, Rick Rungood YouTube channel. Um, but someone who burned a lot of people who has a just as good of a setup this week, I, I think is, is where we go. The sevens, Boom. Let's go a lot. Like, let's go. The sevens are great. The nines are great. The sevens are great. The eights stink. The tens are whatever. Like, let's, let's go. Thomas Dietrich, Thomas Dietrich don't stop, right? 7,900 bucks. Another great finish last week. So let's pull up the Thomas Dietrich. Actually that, um, let me pull this up real quick here. Dietrich. There we go. Um, T9 at the Sanderson farms. Great. T12 at the Fortinet T5, at the BMW PGA championship. How about that for like uh last three starts across a couple of different tours and missed two cuts before. I mean, we talked about Thomas Dietrich a lot last week and he is now cheaper in a field that will, it'll get, uh, maybe not. Cause they got to, I'm trying to think what the strength of field for this week is going to be. Is it going to be, I think last week was a two Oh five. Are we going to get better than that? I mean, it has, it does have Cantlay. It does have Sung Jay. It does have Tom Kim. It does have, um, Homa in it. So it, it will probably be better, but like, it's not a particularly deep field, right? After the top four, it's not, it's wide open. So Thomas Dietrich, who's been, who's been playing phenomenal is in the $7,900 range. Um, Seamus power. Let me just, just bear with me for five seconds and let me, let me make the case here for Seamus power who made, uh, I don't remember the exact number. I think it was 24 birdies last week. 24 birdies, which is the same number Mackenzie Hughes made. Mackenzie Hughes went to a playoff. And I believe it was the third most in the field, finished T30. So how does that happen? 
well, you obviously made some big numbers. And he played the par fives at one over par, which is horrible. Seamus Power is very good on par fives. Uh, in fact, he's 17th on tour last year in par five scoring. So I think that's kind of an outlier. And generally speaking, I would rather a golfer make a lot of birdies and ask him to clean up the bogeys than the opposite. Or for a guy to make a ton of pars and ask him to all of a sudden make a ton of birdies. It usually doesn't go in that direction. Remember the conversation about Seamus Power last week, right? We're ebbing and flowing here. I was not very bullish on Seamus Power last week because I looked at a stat profile of a guy who was losing across the board. Well, he still lost on approach last week, but he gained everywhere else. Plus three off the tee, plus two and a half around the green, plus 1.5 with the putter. Okay, so now we're getting a guy who I think could be trending. Also, he's a Vegas guy. Moved here in spring of 2021. He is out at Las, uh, TPC Las Vegas, TPC Summerlin all the time. I see him out there. Um so he knows these golf courses, he knows this area, finished T21 here last year, gained seven strokes in the ball striking categories. That was probably the first time he played it after he moved. Yeah, I think it would have been because he moved, I think, spring that was in fall. So how quickly that, you know, the stat profile can change. Now we can start to make an, a case for a guy trending in the right direction, going to a golf course that's really good for him. I, I like Seamus Power quite a bit here. Um, happy to go, happy to go down with that. Kurt Kitayama, if you are not watching the world of golf globally, uh, you are missing out on Kurt Kitayama, also a UNLV Las Vegas guy. But remove that. Like you can make the case for Vegas guys. You can make the case, remove the Vegas guy thing. T19 at the BMW Championship, T32 at the BMW PGA Championship. That's a European tour event that is just absolutely stacked. It's their premier event. And then a seventh place finish in his last start at the Italian Open. Look at what he did in Italy. Gained 12 strokes ball striking. 12 strokes ball striking and 16 from T to green. If he doesn't lose three and a half with the putter, um, probably wins there. And for him to lose three and a half with the putter is kind of uncharacteristic. He hasn't done that since the Irish Open in 2021. So again, will people realize how good Kitayama has been? If you're only looking at the PGA Tour data, you're not seeing it. If you're only look, if you don't have the strokes game breakdown from the European Tour, you're not seeing it. If you're a Rick Run Good subscriber, you're seeing it because you have access to all that information. Or if you're watching this YouTube channel, but you get my point, right? Like you got to look a little bit further. Matthew Neesmith, 6,500. Let's go. The, the, the seventh or 7,500. Sorry, sorry. Didn't mean to get everybody all hot and bothered. The $7,000 range is absolutely stacked. What do we see from Matthew Neesmith? What does this stat profile look like? A golfer who, before Jackson, Mississippi, finished his year, uh, or I, I guess I shouldn't say finished his year. His last five events, he lost strokes on approach in four of them. That is uncharacteristic for Matthew Neesmith, a very good approach player. What does he do in Jackson? He gains six strokes on approach and he finishes T9. So now we have a guy hopefully getting back to his DNA. It is not a big ask for Matthew Neesmith to gain four to six strokes on approach this week. That is not a big ask at all. That's what he normally does. It's what he did in his last start. And now he's gained strokes with the putter in four straight, driving it well right? Look at that. It's like nine out of 10. He's gained with the driver and the two losses have been less than a quarter of a stroke. If that wasn't enough, let me just throw in the Shriner stuff for you here. Okay. He's played this event three times. 
T14, T8, T18. So three top 18 finishes at this event, the only three times he's played it, for a golfer who is likely coming back to his DNA, in which his DNA is suited for this golf course at $7,500. Love the $7,000 range. What else do we have here? Um, Nick Hardy played well at Sanderson Farms. Fifth place finish there. He's fine. But I still think I like Dietrich, Power, Neesmith. They're they're my top three. A little bit further down the board. Um, anything of note here? Uh, SH Kim is uh, somebody who's playing well. I think I think I'll probably have to do a deep dive on him at some point um, here this week. Will Gordon. So again, kind of some of these guys that we saw last week, thought would play well last week. You got to assume they're they're going to play reasonably well. It's kind of the two. There, there's obviously differences between Jackson, Mississippi, and Las Vegas. Let me tell you. But the idea that. If your two main takeaways are approach and putting, you're going to find a lot of the same guys. So Will Gordon, let me show you Will Gordon's holy grail here. This is round by round. Will Gordon was the first round leader last week. Gained six strokes. Friday, he gave 4.8 back. Horrible, but fixed it immediately. Gained on Saturday and gained big again on Sunday. So you're talking about uh, a one, one round there. That's one bad round. So he's played a lot better as of late, and we haven't seen that floor round uh, basically since the summertime. So I, I still think Will Gordon's kind of backish, right? And I think Justin Lauer continues to play well. The other guy I'll point out, because he is, a, again, a, a Las Vegas guy, and you can twist that any way you want, but I think there is something that is um, noteworthy about the stat profile of Joseph Bramlett. So Joseph Bramlett is just an absolute bomber, man. I mean, the guy can just move it. The driver is his weapon and the putter is usually something that is really, really horrible for him. So he lost, just for example, 10 strokes putting at the US Open, eight strokes putting the next week or his next start at the Travelers Championship, consistently loses with the putter big time. Worth noting that in at least his first eight rounds of this season, he's a positive putter. He gained two in Napa. He gained. Uh, he lost 1.8 at the Sanderson Farms. That's a net positive. But if you have weeks where Joseph Bramlett loses just 1.8 strokes putting, I, I think that's going to be okay. Unfortunately, we don't have like... So it was three starts before that. They were all pretty good starts. Uh, T18, T6, T23 at the end of the Corn Ferry Tour season, which is the hardest part of the Corn Ferry Tour season. So he's got like five pretty decent starts in a row. The problem is three of them we don't have the strokes game breakdown for. So we're kind of doing a little bit of guessing and checking on Joseph Bramlett. I think he is an improved putter. The stats uh, and even the gaps in the stats make me believe that. But um I, I think that if you if you really kind of wanted a flyer there, what has he done at this event? He's at TPC Las Vegas. All I see him over there all the time. Missed cut in 2021, uh, T43 in 2020, and then he played it nine years prior and made the cut T57 when it was the Justin Timberlake event. So um, I think we could be fine. He might just be, maybe it's not this week, but someone that we keep an eye on uh, moving moving forward here. 6K range. Uh, Bo Hosler's got a pretty decent record around this place. Didn't play last year, but 34th, 29th, 23rd, 7th in the four years prior. Chesson Hadley, similar, very good uh, run around this place. I, 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 I cannot go without pointing out Chris Goderup, right? I, I know there's a lot of um, shiny new objects now 
new ones. But remember Chris Goddard like three months ago was the shiny new object. He was the guy that bombs it like crazy. Um, but what we actually, if you look at his stat profile a little bit deeper, you'll see that he's a very, very good approach player. He's only, he's only has like eight measured events in his PGA tour career. Um, and he's only lost strokes on approach in two of them. He's got gains of three, four and a half, 4.7, 5.8, three again. Like, it's all good. He gained on approach at the Fortnite and he lost 3.7 strokes off the tee. He is not going to lose 3.7 strokes off the tee on a regular basis. It's, it's just not going to happen with the way that this guy drives the ball and the short game's been pretty stout. Again, I'm just trying to say Chris Goddard is just as likely to be the shiny new object that pops off this week as some of the newer guys that we've moved to. Right, the Austin Eckroats and the Justin Suss and whatever who, Carl Yuan, right? Like Chris Goderup was that guy three months ago. Don't forget that. Um, I'm not necessarily buying the Garrick Higo resurgence. Yes, he was phenomenal on approach and in the ball striking categories last week. It ends up in a third place finish. I'm going to need to see more, and I don't think that's a big ask for a guy who's uh, outside of the third place finish at the Sanderson Farms had not earned a solo top 15 since his win at the Palmetto in June of 2021. I don't think it's all that much to ask to wait and see more rounds from a guy who has missed the vast majority of his cuts in the last year. So if you want to go immediately back to Higo, Godspeed. I'm rooting for him. I hope he does well. I will not be a part of that. Um, I need to see it again because it is not it is not without precedent. He did gain seven strokes on in ball striking at the memorial, and he never really kept it going. It was plus two and a half the next start, minus seven the next start, minus ten, two starts after that. So so he has like had this one-off pop before and not necessarily has backed it up. So I I am going to need a little bit more than that. Um, if you want a real, real, real flyer, Harry Hall is 6,600. He's been horrible to start 2023, to start the new season. Well, oh my God, I typed horrible. I meant Hall. That's bad. That was really bad. Um, he's lost like 12 strokes from T to green. I'm not advocating that that is good by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, he plays out of TPC Summerlin. He shot a 60 here in advance of the the event last year. He finished T8 at this event last year, and it was just three starts ago that he finished third at the Corn Ferry Tour Championship. So we are, you know, two bad starts removed from a really good start. Going back to probably the best golf course, at least the golf course he knows the best for him on the PGA Tour, it is a it is absolutely a dart throw. But if you are looking for a dart throw, consider uh, Harry Hall. The other flyer that I would consider, and I've sorted this by last 36 of everybody in the uh, 6K range, and one of the guys near the top is Kevin Yu. So let me pull up Kevin Yu's uh, profile real quick. And again, this is a very small sample, right? But the Fortinet he gains four strokes ball striking. He gains in both off the tee and on approach. Loses six with the putter and misses the cut. Not good. Jackson, he rebounds. Is a zero with the putter. So that's a six-stroke a six stroke improvement in one start. A zero with the putter. 
does the ball striking stuff again. Gains five with the ball striking categories. So that's a T19 for Kevin Yu. So what version of Kevin Yu do we get? If it is the version of Napa, love it. Uh, if it's the version of, of excuse me, if it's the version of Jackson, love it. If it's the version of Napa, he's just going to put himself out of this, which maybe that's what he was doing on the corn ferry. You see, I've got all his results here and he does have, you know, a runner up, a third, a T2, a, a T23 just in his last 15 or 16 starts or so. And he has a lot of miscuts. And I wonder if it is that, if it is just the putter that when the putter leaks, uh, he misses these cuts. Maybe that's it. I don't know. I don't know enough about his game. I haven't seen it enough. We don't have the stats enough. But again, if you're looking for a very low-owned flyer, someone who is who played well the last time he played, which was a day ago, as I record this, right? Uh, it was yesterday. That that's kind of interesting for a really a really low price. Um, let's run a model and see what else we can find. All right, custom model RickRunGood.com. What in the world do we want to do? Let's call it. Um, Let's call it last 36. Okay. I've been I've been liking that. It's been it's been quite effective. I let's start with the two that we know, which I believe is going to be um whoops, which I believe is going to be approach and putting. Let's go 25 and 25. Let's go. So you could go a couple different ways here. I think the threes and the fives are going to be important, but the threes are difficult and the fives are easy. So do we say, hey, I want like do I just put a little bit on both of those and then have everybody else just deal with the par four? So let's let's just do that. So let's say strokes gain on par threes. And what I'll actually do is I'll split these up because there's um there's at least one three that's gonna play over 200. They might be able to stretch out. Let me ah, let me just look at the scorecard. Yeah, okay. So they've got um they've got it listed 197, 239. 196 and then the short one 168 so um that's basically three par fives that are probably going to play over 200 yards so what i'll do is or part three so i'll do this i'll put five on strokes gain part three and five on strokes gained part three 200 or more this is a freaky one for me and then i'll put my 10 on strokes gained par five and then i guess i've got to put um I got to put like five on strokes game. I can't just like leave par four out. So I've, I have way, I have given more to par fives and par threes, uh, but I did not leave par fours out of the equation here. I will then also do, so I've got 25 left. Um, I will put a little around the green, like, like 10, because I, 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 that's what you can lose strokes there. You don't have to be good around the green, but I don't think you can be bad around the greens, especially if you're missing the greens, right? It's just, you're, you you will lose strokes there. Remember, I mean, obviously this is anecdotal, but like Victor lost like six strokes around the green, right? Remember that? It's just like you you can lose them quickly uh, if things go sideways. So that leaves us with 15, which will do fantasy points gained. All right. So my number one golfer is uh, sort by value. Huh, okay. No surprise. Patrick Cantlay. Tom Kim is number two. Thomas Dietrich is number three. So in a field of 140 some odd golfers, a guy who is $7,900 is my third ranked golfer. Emiliano Grillo is fourth. God. Emiliano Grillo will be this year's Aaron Wise, where I bet him every single week, plays well, advanced metrics are there, never wins, right? That'll be that'll be the case. Five is JT Poston. Okay, I'm, I'm happy to buy back in. 
Six is Taylor Moore, who I did not spend any time talking about. So homework for me, go look at Taylor Moore. Taylor Montgomery is seven. K.H. Lee is eight. Aaron Wise is nine, who I've already said I will be fading. Maybe I might have to readjust that. And then Mark Hubbard is 10. Okay, Mark Hubbard obviously uh, played well last week. Uh, Max Home is 11. Sung J.M. is 14. Just pointing out a couple of notables. So my homework here, I, for, I love this. And then my notables are, my homework is go deep dive Taylor Moore, go deep dive K.H. Lee, and go really figure out what you're going to do with Aaron Wise. Are you just going to bet him? Are you going to just try to fade a week? Could you imagine if the one week in the last like 25 weeks that I don't bet him, he actually win? That's the problem though. If he wins an 18 to one, am I even even? Probably not. I'm probably not even if Aaron Wise wins this week. That's the sick part about this. So I don't even know if I should bet him. I I, I definitely do prefer playing him in a fantasy, uh, like a DFS situation than, a, uh, than a, an outright situation, but Man, I'm going to have to decide on that. Okay, well, I've got a little bit of homework, and you've got a little bit of homework, too. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the like button. Go check out rickrungood.com. Tell me what you think. If you're going to be out there, say hello. Um, There's a hill up on the side of 17, uh, right? No, 18. It's in between 17 and 18. Like, one side looks out onto, I think, 17T, and it's set up at 18. Am I like, it's on the hill. It's on the hill. It's got to be 18. Yeah. Um, I'll probably be there a lot. So come find me. Tweet me at Rick Rungood. Leave a comment below. Best of luck this week. And I'll talk to you guys soon.